final hour of the Bill Michaels Show. Saying hi to Mark, listening to us in Viroqua, Cassidy up in Marshfield, and Ryan uh, listening to us on WMAM out of Menominee and Marinette, but over in Door County, loving the program. Heading down to the game on Sunday. On New Year's Day, the Green Bay Packers are going to play host to the Minnesota Vikings, a game that earlier this year between these two teams that started the season off so ugly for the Green Bay Packers. What have they learned? And in the meantime, uh, this guy, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, has had to basically go from stadium to stadium carrying a, a, a kit that has the cardiac paddles because of the way games have finished this year for this team. Paul Allen, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, joining us on the line. PA, man, it has been a hell of a year for you guys. Hey there, Billy. Uh, Merry Christmas, <laughs> my brother. You too. And uh, an early Happy New Year to you. Good to chat with you, Billy. Uh, anytime we get the opportunity. And, um, it's uh, you know of, of all the years I've called Vikings football, the um, the the 2009 season we had, which, which ended negatively with the Cheating Saints, you know, but but having Brett around and just just having that rock star team in 09 is professionally something that I'm never going to forget for the totality of the season. The, this one is it's catching that season and passing a lot, um, just just not only with the way the games are finishing. Uh, the fact that this team has the fearless gene and, and being fearless is something that you can't teach. It just, it, it has to inherently be in your heart. You ain't going to wake up one day and say, Hey, I'm not going to be scared. It's, it's mm-hmm. just not like that. And that's what they have clearly with the way they win these games. Of course, they're 12 and three, but uh, there's just an exuberance with this group, man, that really has bitten me. And, um, and I love it there. And, pl- and plus they're really good. Their offense is really, really good. Uh, let's start there. Um, obviously, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. You add T.J. Hawkinson, which gives you a whole other dynamic offensively to this team. And I think as we all sat there and watched that team play against or against Indianapolis, I almost said Baltimore, against Indianapolis, um, there was something in me that said, uh, you get an early score in that second half and maybe things change. I can't imagine them overcoming that kind of a deficit, though. How stunned were you to watch this team go to work and methodically just tear apart Indianapolis and what they brought to the table? Well, I was stunned, but after the way the Vikings won at Buffalo, it's really going to take a lot, Bill, to to hit me over the head with a metaphorical two-by-four. I mean, we're, we're a 98% loser against one of the better teams in the NFL unless Josh Allen muffs a snap and drops the ball at the goal line. And, oh, by the way, it can't be a safety. We have to fall on it for a touchdown. Uh, so, I mean, it, that happened. And and from that through the Indianapolis game, uh, we were down 10 middle of the fourth quarter against Detroit. You know, and that was the, uh, that was the second home game. Um, so it's early in the season, and, and they hadn't seen a way, the, the way a lot of things were going to develop during the year. And I just know when U.S. Bank Stadium, man, gets super quiet, in, in the fourth quarter because things aren't going right, you know, we lose those games. And and they came back and walked off on Detroit with a K.J. Osborne touchdown. So from that moment through the Indianapolis game and the kicker last game hitting from 61 to walk off, I've just seen so much now that it's really difficult to stun me, even if the Vikings roll into Lambeau Field and win by 14 or more. I mean, that that's not going to dramatically stun me. Um, if they get blown out in this game, you know, that would surprise me to a certain extent, but, but they've just done so many things antithetical to anything I've seen in 20 plus years. Nothing shocks me anymore. 
What has been the dynamic to add T.J. Hawkinson to this team? What has that done offensively for Kirk Cousins? It, it opened everything for Justin. And it was very interesting, you know, with, with T.J. in the trade. Uh, the first game was at FedEx Field. Man, he, he'd been here 56 hours. And he got targeted nine times with nine catches in that game. So that was abundantly apparent that Cousins is going to rely on him, specifically on third down. And, you know, T.J., we ain't talking about Travis Kelsey or like Mark Andrews or when, when he's the top of his game or Tony Gonzalez or players like that. T.J.'s that next level. Um, but, but if you don't cover him the right way, Kirk knows he'll kill you. So it's opened a lot for Justin. If you notice Jefferson's numbers and his games ever since they got T.J., well, they took off. We, we, we had a franchise record like 223 within the last month from Justin. And, um, and so, therefore, it's benefited Justin greatly. I go back to game one, and, and Paul, I mean, obviously, people feel that had Christian Watson actually caught that pass, maybe things turn out different. There's a different right. energy in the building. But when he dropped it, who knows? You know, maybe that was just the beginning of the end of what the Packers were doing. But uh, what – I couldn't believe they didn't put Jair Alexander on Justin Jefferson and just said, Hare, introduce yourself because you're going to be with him every game. Uh, the Packers' defense seemed to live by death by a thousand cuts and allowing right. first down after first down after first down. I mean, it, were you shocked at the way they played Justin Jefferson and the way they played a soft zone against this team well, early on? But see, but you know, the, the, the Vikings into that game, Bill, it, it – it was a, and, and anybody who would listen to me off the radio when they would ask me about the game, and I never say this with Vikings Green Bay games, I would have been flabbergasted and shocked if we hadn't won that game by 10 points or more, which we did. And here's why. Because granted, the Vikings were a redo into the season, but it was a redo with talent, and that matters. And then you have Zadarius, uh, former defensive coordinator Mike Petton, former outside linebackers coach Mike Smith, you know, their departures from Green Bay may not have just like been shake hands and, and here we go, we're, we're just going to leave for a better opportunity. So there was just so much built up into that game, but it was dramatically underplayed. Aaron losing Devontae, who, who uh, is his bailout guy. I mean, forget the fact that he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. You need a bailout guy on the road in your first game against the unpredictability of an offensive-minded coach where you've gone against a defensive-minded coach for X amount of years. So, so the Vikings had so many advantages in that game. But the one thing when I watched it back, watching Alexander and Savage and Amos and Douglas and Eric Stokes at that time do pirouettes in the secondary because they didn't know where to go. I mean, that, that lacked organization, which you just never see with a Green Bay Packers team. But I wasn't super surprised because, again, the Vikings are talented uh, with their skill guys. Now, after the game, when Jair complained that I thought all week I was going to get J.J. and I'm upset that I didn't, well, be careful with that, man, because, because that's valor being the better part of discretion. And I don't think there's a corner in the NFL who one-on-one with no help can cover Justin Jefferson the entire game. So, you know, I don't know if Jair meant give him to me and nobody else's to help or I was supposed to do something they didn't let me do. It's going to change on Sunday. I mean, Jair's going to be opposite him a fair amount. I bet a lot of money on that. But if it's just going to be one-on-one, uh, good luck. I mean, good luck. And I'm not being a J.J. Homer here. He, he, he ran some routes on St- uh, Stephon Gilmore in that Indianapolis Colts game that I've never seen in my life. And the cuts are hard. The depth of route is perfect. And, and I, you know, I just don't think 
it's wise to have one guy cover him play after play after play. Uh, Packers offensively. Now, uh, I don't think Christian Watson is going to be playing in this game as much as I know they need him. I don't think he Lots is. Bad uh, which, yeah, that's uh, it's a yeah, tough. That's, a, that's tough... a bad loss. But this Dean Lowry loss, I, it's being underplayed because because nobody here cares about or knows who Dean Lowry is, and and Dean murders us every single game. When you guys had that Lowry Lancaster thing with Kenny Clark, I mean, mm-hmm. it was unblockable. Like I'd watch games back and. They were unblockable against us. You know, now I know Lancaster left and Clark's still unbelievable. Uh, no Lowry in this game is a major, major handicapping factor. But with Watson, go ahead. No, I was just going to say with Watson out, uh, you know, offensively speaking, the Packers have gotten better, but they've gotten better because they figured out a way to take the lid off some of these offenses and become more dependent on Christian Watson in doing so. So right. with Aaron Rodgers, that last game against Miami, he didn't play good, and he hasn't right. played like Aaron Rodgers pretty much all season long. So with the defense giving up fifth worst in points given up all season, we know that's been well documented. But tell me what you think or what you fear out of this Packers offense. I mean, Aaron Jones with these catching touchdowns, and we've had we've had problems with that with backs this year. Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott got us for four, Bill. You know, and then that that's a high end operation that I know lost to Jacksonville, but you know, so that's a high end operation. Anytime you mention Aaron Rodgers, bad thumb or not, it's a well organized high high end offensive operation. Um, in watching back a fair amount of Aaron's plays over the last month. And then looking at the stats with the 11 picks, career high 13, um, his yards per attempt, 6'8, I think it's second lowest of his career. His long this year, long completions, 58. Well, that's the shortest of his career. He has no rushing touchdowns either. He's different. So th- there's something different here where if, if they're going to flip a switch and he's going to be that HOF, 325, four touchdowns, three to Devontae, no picks out of nowhere, God bless him. I don't think it's going to happen. But, but, you know, 13 TDs and two interceptions at home. So he's been better at home. The the throwing to Aaron and the way they're they're running, <clears throat> A.J. Dillon, it, I mean, that that's what's coming to set up the play action. Um, you know, but really, it, from the other, the other side of it, without Dean Lowry, who terrorizes the Vikings and is still an underrated player, and obviously no Rashawn Gary, um, if they can't rush Kirk without blitzing and he's protected okay, you know, th- this Vikings deep game ain't no joke, man. And and Dalvin mm-hmm. now catching it and running and Hawkinson, you know, so I'm more looking at it like the Vikings offense needs to hang 26 or more on this team, and I don't care what the weather is. So now to combat it potentially without Watson and chewing the clock with the running game and Rodgers not airing it out the way he always has because of that thumb, offensively, I'm a little – I'm just a little perplexed as as to what I'm going to see Sunday middle afternoon. Uh, I got to ask you mood wise. It's one of those intangible things. You got to just put your thumb on it and say, this is the feel. So Minnesota, they know what they've got locked up. They've got the division. This is really just a rivalry game, but is there that added incentive of we can end their magical run? We want to be the ones to put the nail in the coffin. Not with this group. And here's why, because they're all new. So, like, you know, for O'Connell and uh, and or first-year offensive coordinator Wes Phillips, uh, Bum's grandkid, uh, Chris O'Hara, our quarterback's coach, is in his first year as a position coach. They all came from the Rams. So the rivalry they know is the Rams-Niners at SoFi, where it's loud and it's mean, but the majority of fans there are Niners fans. 
that that first game at U.S. Bank Stadium, um, and the and the true uh, rivalry and and wonderful football Americana type pairing the Vikings and Packers are. Well, that they, they get it. You know, they know how special this is. However, it's not. You know, it's not. Let's dagger Green Bay, it, it, because they're they're the border rival, and and you got all the families and the vitriol and everything. The Vikings and Packers back and forth. They're more so <clears throat> having a level of respect for Green Bay in that that's the target at which to shoot every single year. And you've beaten them in the division. You have a chance to eliminate them from the postseason. That's cool. But like I said earlier in the chat, Billy, having Zadarius and Mike Smith and Mike Pettin, well, there's an underlying something there with all three of those guys where they had the Vikings defense ready to play with its hair on fire in that first game. And Zadarius only had one sack, but Aaron, he, he messed up Aaron. I mean, he mm-hmm. messed up Aaron even when he wasn't hitting him. So that underlying tone with those three guys, uh, that, that really, really is dictating the level of motivation to hold this two seed and hold San Francisco at bay. Now, I know that if by chance the Packers get a win in this one, it could end up where the Green Bay Packers have to come to U.S. Bank Stadium to face Minnesota round one of the playoffs. If that happens, Paul, now I know Charge loves to go to Manny's, but I will bring you a stack of burritos and chili cheeseburgers. Antigos will be right there in the broadcast booth when you go to take the mic come that Sunday or Saturday, whenever it is we play. Uh, I'll be up there, and we're going to hit Zantigos hard, hot, and heavy. Yeah, that's uh, it's with all due respect, it's not going to happen uh, because either the Vikings are going to win this weekend, uh, which I do think they are. Uh, but it's a fifty-fifty game. I don't look at yeah. it like week one where I knew we were going to win. Or McCarthy in the last week's going to do you a real solid man, and he's going to sit all those Cowboy starters, right? You know, just to just to drive the uh, metaphorical dagger in from afar. So I don't believe it's going to happen. But if it does happen. Uh, your $26 Antigo's order, it's on me. There, well, you know what? I'll be bringing them, and uh, please don't. Look, as much as I love football and playoff football, don't rain on my Zantigo's parade, man. That's all I care about at this point. Paul, it's always a pleasure. I'll see you up at Lambeau Field on Sunday, man, and there's nothing better than ringing in the New Year sitting in Appleton, Wisconsin. Hey, um, uh, come by the box box, uh, like three down from Laravee, right next to the uh, replay uh, yep. the replay officials. Uh, come yep. by and say hi, and fist bump man let's embrace and uh and uh, head into the new year on some positive vibes god bless you my brother i always love going on your radio show and uh continued success all right i will see you there on sunday you bet paul appreciate it pal talk to you then there you go paul allen voice of the minnesota vikings good guy hello paul good guy to talk to good guy to chat with i'll stick up for paul every damn day of the week you know what he's excited about his team he's allowed to be He's allowed to be. They whooped the hell out of the Green Bay Packers in game one. Packers have a little revenge. He's right, though, that a lot of that new coaching staff, they they don't give two rats ass about the Green Bay Packers in the sense that a lot of the fans do. But some of the guys inside those walls, up there inside U.S. Bank Stadium and such, they do. Uh, they remember it. Zadarius being that leader. And like he said, he had them ready playing with their hair on fire. And Zadarius, remember, there was some jawing going on back and forth between Aaron Rodgers and Zadarius Smith in game one. So... This one, with a lot of the marbles for the Green Bay Packers in this contest, it's going to mean something. Should be a good one up at uh, up at Lambeau Field. 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and uh, Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. And uh, today, downstairs, down I go. I was going to take out some trash. We was going to open up the patio door, the whole thing. And I thought, wait a minute, before I do, 
Close the door. Ran back over. Checked it. Sure enough, 70 degrees. Perfect. Love it. Love the new patio door, the economical patio door. Got some nice uh, emails over the weekend talking about their experience with Pella Windows and Doors in Wisconsin. It just, there isn't anything better. It, it's just the most value, the mo- the best choice by many, many of you homeowners in the area. And uh, all you got to do is go to PellaWI.com. That is Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Or call them, 855-PELLA-WI. You can call them right now. Still get on the books. One year, 12 months, no money down, no payments, financing. You're good to go. No interest. It's all right there. Just go wrap your arms around it. Grab it. Go to PellaWI.com or call them 855-PELLA-WI, 855-PELLA-WI. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Today and I talked about this last week. I thought we always talk about trifectas when it comes to uh, celebrity deaths or sports deaths or what have you. And uh, I grew up, uh, you know, in Cincinnati, as we all know, and uh, saw Tom Browning pitch his perfect game, and unexpectedly, uh, I mean, shockingly, Tom Browning uh, passed away last week. Uh, he was laying on the couch at home and must have had a heart attack while he was sleeping and never woke up. And uh, that was some shocking news. And then uh, the next day, you find out Franco Harris shockingly passed away. And so that was shocking news. And then you hear, at the time, Pele, uh, the soccer legend, uh, went into the hospital, and he had been ailing. And I, I got in wind of it at the time, believe it or not, from a friend of mine who was just deep into soccer, had said, yeah, he's he's not in good shape, and he's probably not. This is it. He's going into the hospital, probably not going to come out. And sure enough, uh, the greatest has passed away at the age of 82. He transcended soccer, becoming its first truly global superstar. Pele did. I I remember as a kid, everybody grew up, and if you kicked a ball, you wanted to be Pele. Um, With a level of fame that reminded nearly, or remained nearly as strong for 40 years, as they say in the article regarding USA Today after his retirement, as it was during his playing days, But uh, the soccer legend Pele has passed away at the age of 82. So, but like I said, as a kid, if you grow up at all, that was really the only name you knew when it came to soccer. You know, so uh, Pele, uh, and like I said, just kind of, we talked about that on the show, kind of felt like he was going in and probably not going to come out. And sure enough, uh, he passed away today. So Pele dead at the age of uh, 82. Um. This one is from Eric, who says, uh, great discussion with Paul Allen. Never thought of it that way, that a lot of the new guard don't really realize the rivalry with the Green Bay Packers, but those names inside the walls of U.S. Bank Stadium certainly do, like Zedaria Smith and company. Yeah, when you talk about it, I mean, there's Shannon Sullivan, Zedaria Smith, Ed Donatels, a former uh, defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, uh, obviously Mike Pettin working over there as well. Uh, those guys, they do. They do. Not only they do, but guys like Harrison Smith, Eric Hendricks, you know, they realize it. You know, Daniil Hunter, they realize it. 
That defense, and he's right, you know, Zadarius Smith, as he said, had them ready to play with their hair on fire. And they did in game one. And uh, while, as, as Paul Allen stated, he didn't think that the coaching staff specifically, you know, when it comes to Kevin O'Connell, is sitting there going, okay, we're over there, going to put the dagger in the Green Bay Packers. You know, he knows West Coast rivalry. But the guys that uh, have played now for both or have been in this rivalry for a while, they do. They do, and that's that's what he was alluding to. It's coaching staff, no. Guys on the field, a couple of the guys behind the scenes, yeah, they do. They know what it means. And uh, they're going to they're, they're gonna be fired up to come into Lambeau Field and knock them off. So um, really, uh, really good stuff. Good stuff from our, our buddy Paul Allen. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Mike says, I still think the Green Bay Packers are going to get the win. If Christian Watson doesn't play, they'll just have to figure out a, what, another way to get the ball down the field. Aaron Rodgers has to throw to the open man pick up first downs, and live to fight another day. Uh, don't worry about the big play, the big plays and the big shots downfield. Just be smart with the football. Don't turn it over. Put pressure on Kirk Cousins, and you'll win this game. The I, I agree. I said that earlier in the day. I said, look, if you're going to win the game, specifically without Christian Watson, and even if he comes back, chances are he's not going to be at 100%. But if you win this game, it is going to be a good run game that you stick to. It is going to be the good mix, not Aaron Jones one series, A.J. Dillon next series. It's going to be a good mix. You're going to have to be able to hit everybody, involve the tight end, involve Mercedes, involve Tanyan, involve everybody, and be able to put points. And when you get in the red zone, you can't settle for field goals. You can't settle for field goals. The other way you're going to win this game is just simply you have to put pressure on Cousins. That's it. That's it. Because I I don't think if you don't put pressure on him, if he sits in a pocket, he's going to kill you. Going to kill you. Don't know what else to say. Because they just have too many weapons to go to. And we've seen this team struggle with two wideouts, much less two wideouts, a good tight end, and a good, you know, catching running back out of the backfield who can burn you as well. So I I don't have a good feeling about this game, but many of you do and I'm praying and even Mike Clemens says he's got a he's got a feeling that uh, the the Packers are going to come out on top. So I hope you guys are right. I really do. I hope we're talking about a win. I hope we're break- Don't forget the Green and Gold Postgame show immediately following the Packers and the Vikings live in Green Bay. We're going to be here. And we're going to be breaking it all down for you. So I hope we're talking about a win. I really, really do. Uh, Robert says, hey, no sound. Robert, I don't know what you're listening to, but uh, turn your computer on. But there's sound here. We can see it. Um, Joe says, it's so hilarious to hear Paul Allen say, I don't mean to be a homer. He's nothing but a homer. Yeah, but in the context in which he stated it, he was being honest. I mean, you know, um, Joe says, uh, me picking the Vikings is pretty much a Green Bay win. No, I've been pretty right all season long. Ben, uh, I'm uh, I'm above 500 on this, correct? For our spread on, picks, on yeah. The, I have not picks. tracked your Packers win or loss. Uh, I haven't tracked the Packers, but my overall picks for this year, um, you know how we do every game on Wednesday night? We pick the games on Wednesday night. 
Um, I'm I'm way up on that. I, I just I quit counting after a while. It's because I could have lost every game one week and still been above 500. Now, granted, we're picking winners and losers. We're not just pick. We're not picking versus the spread. We're just picking winners and losers. But that that's to me is easier than picking against the spread. But uh, but yeah, it's so you know go with what you want, uh, and I hope I'm wrong. I picked the Packers to lose last week, uh, but I said it would. I it was kind of a toss up. Even when I made the pick, I said I, something in my gut tells me the Packers are going to play pretty good. They dispelled the myth of can't go to Florida and get a win. They beat the beat Tampa Bay. They beat Miami. They they can do that. They go down there and get a win. Miami was you know faltering somewhat. They weren't playing really good football coming into that game. So yeah. Um, but going back to the Paul Allen comment, um, he was just being honest. I don't think there was anything there that Paul stated that wasn't true. That's that's the 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 one aspect of all of this. There's there's nothing there that wasn't true. It was all true. You may not like it, you may not want to hear it, but it was all true. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. Uh, this is uh, Billy. Real quick says, "Hey guys, it sounds like a twenty twenty three problem." And he shows me a uh, guy opening a can of beer. Uh, he says, "But uh, going into the new year, the Packers are going to be better. I believe they're going to get the win this Sunday, and then move on." Cholitos for everybody. By the way, I love Zantigos. Billy, I love Zantigos. Now I know Paul Church, Paul Chargian. Uh, whenever we visit him and we're in Minneapolis, we're at Manny's, man. We're face first, like electric chair type of meal. Like, you know, you bring spandex pants just in case you're good to go. But Paul Allen and I are huge fans of Zantigo. And I introduced Paul to Zantigo's. He had never had it before. And it was funny because I went on his radio show and I talked about it. And he's like, I never heard of this place. And one of the people in one of the restaurants of Zantigo's heard it. And brought him over to him and said, "Here you go, try it," and he's hooked. It's uh, it's it's like I got him hooked on burritos, man. <laughs> he just loves them. So I said, "We get the best of both worlds. You get the cheap day for you know, it's like you know, uh, Taco Bell on steroids, I guess." But yeah, Zantigos, man, I love that place. Hell yeah! Every time I go over to Eau Claire, uh, if I got a couple hours to kill, man, I'm I'm zipping across the border, going into Minneapolis, grabbing some Zantigos, and coming back, absconding. Uh, let's do this. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. Hey, if you're looking for something to do this weekend and, uh, well, you're not going to go to the big parties, you know. Not going to go to the dinners and the foods and all that kind of stuff, but you're looking for entertainment. Ring in the new year, maybe with a good cigar, good hookah, some entertainment. Uh, that's the nice ash downtown Waukesha. The nice ash.com. The nice ash.com. Head down there during the day on Saturday, catch some of the college games, and then head back down there on Sunday, even where you can watch a Packers game for sure. Uh, but uh, the nice ash, they have music this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, into the new year, so good place. 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Keep supporting those downtown businesses in downtown Waukesha. And uh, and the nice ash is one of the best. Just one of the best. Great people down there. And I always love heading down that direction. 877-867-1670. Uh, again, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Uh, go ahead and give us a shout. 
We would love to hear from you. Um, John says, how come my fantasy question wasn't answered? Uh, sometimes either we don't get it in in time or we get a bunch. We try to get to everybody. We always say that. We don't guarantee to get to everybody, but we try to get to everybody. Uh, Dave says, for true blue, green, and gold fans, Paul Allen is hated as much, if not more, than the Vikings. Uh, I would guess the majority of fans turned down the dial when he was on. Love the show, by the way. Um, well, that's, I guess, your preference. That's fine. No, no problem. I, I look for information. <laughs> You know, I don't, uh, there's not many people when it comes, even like rivals, you know, um, when I think of rivalry broadcasters, I, not many people that I can't stand, you know, I just, it's it just, I don't go in that direction. Um, who's the guy, is it my, who's the guy, Ben, who does New York Yankee radio? Oh, Michael K. Michael K. That uh, Yankees. I cannot stand that. Bill, he was doing playoff games for ESPN. He did the Phillies Cardinals series. Yeah. And I turned down my television. I listened on radio. Um, I Yeah. I Michael K. Now, I don't hate Michael K. because of the Yankees. I can't stand Michael K. because of the contrived the Yankee. I mean, like, you know, Euchre. Get up, get up, get out of here, gone. I mean, that was probably a legitimate call that started out that way and became his thing. I remember the first time, you know, Wayne Larry did the dagger. That caught on and became the thing. I remember that. Um, You know, Marty Brenneman, growing up. You know, I, the this this one belongs to the Reds. That became a thing. You know, high fly ball, deep center, Cesar Geronimo hauls it in, and this one belongs to the Reds. You know, I mean, that just, that happened. It was organic. That Yankees win sounds like he's pulling his zipper up out of the bathroom with the pliers and grabbed the wrong thing. You know, oh, my God. Beyond well, that, A Rod's right uh, next to him too. <laughs> right. Uh, but beyond that, I, I, I've never really hated broadcasters. I listen to broadcasters for information and delivery and excitement. Now, like Gus Johnson, a lot of people love Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson to me is overhype. He hypes things when he doesn't need to. And the one thing you'll always learn in doing play-by-play is you are not the product. The product is on the field. It's on the court. You only have the inflection of excitement when there's excitement. You don't try to make everything the biggest play to look back on. When it's contrived, it doesn't work. And to me, Gus Johnson, for as good as he is, at times doesn't work. Not all the time. But at times, it's kind of like, okay, stop. Just, Just stop. Because it's it's overhyped. Um, Mount Rushmore of disliked broadcasters. Go. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Going to drive to Madison and <laughs> drive a spike through your tire. Um, yeah. No. I. It, it's there's there's some people I I I like and other people that I listen to. You know, you can get down to some of the B and C and D teams. 
in some of these college football games and in some of these NFL games, and you can go, okay, this is not as good. But for the most part, you know, it's, you know, Matt LePay, there you go. Matt LePay, I love Matt LePay. But, you know, touchdown Wisconsin is, it's organic. You know? It's organic. But it's not contrived. He's not going, touchdown Wisconsin. It's like, I, God, stop. And I have heard Michael Kay in big games go on with that forever. Forever. So, there you go. Speaking of baseball, uh, uh, ESPN confirming 10 Major League umpires are retiring, the most since 1998. Seven crew chiefs are set to retire at the end of this month. Do you know Make one it. of those names? Um, I know Tom Hallen and Sam Holbrook. Uh, beyond that, I don't know. There's some chatter on Twitter that one might be Angel Hernandez. Oh, my God. I don't know if that's true yet. Um, Tom Hallian was the guy that went off on the Mets manager yeah. when they were in the World Series. When, yeah, or the Tom NLCS Halligan. when he threw behind out. So uh, I'm looking at this. Uh, Ted Barrett, Greg Gibson, Tom Hallian, Sam Holbrook, Jerry Meals, Jim Reynolds, Bill Welke are all among the group to hang up their chest protectors. Marty Foster, um, Tim Nowert, Newert, and Tim Timmons. Those are the 10. I uh, stand corrected. Yeah. Those are the 10. Uh, they say the retirements have nothing to do with the upcoming on-field changes for 2023, nor the possibility of the ABS, the automatic balls and strikes system, being instituted in Major League Baseball in the near future. But the league will promote uh, or hire 10 new umpires next month, and they're committed to making it a diverse group, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. Uh, but there you go. And the retirements come a year after Joe West who umpired the most games in history, called it quits, and MLB losing decades of experience over the last uh, couple of off-seasons. So there you go. But, uh, yeah, 10 Major League Baseball umpires, the most since 1998, calling it a career. Now, baseball umpires, um, they, uh, they're full-time. They travel. Uh, they travel in their group with their, with their crew chiefs. Uh, they get the monetary stipend like players do when they're on the road because uh, a lot of the umpires uh, I know uh, where they go downtown and I've you know had great conversations after ball games with those guys when they're in town so uh, talked to them quite a bit um, so there you go uh, by the way it's John Sterling not Michael K John Sterling is the guy uh, for the Yankees I think I was saying Michael K so there you go. But that's ah, breaking news out of Major League Baseball. 877-867-1670. Hang in there. We've got another segment of the Bill Michael Show coming up uh, right after this. Stay tuned. We'll be back. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers dealing with some key injuries. Wide receiver Christian Watson watched practice yesterday out with a hip injury. Return man Kashawn Nixon says he was pulled from the Dolphins game when his groin injury was aggravated. Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell, after watching the tape of the Packers' four takeaways Sunday in Miami. Uh, they're getting turnovers defensively. They're getting the football. I think it was has been real uh, dynamic uh, with their ability to take it away when it's in the air and then also just when they're tackling, raking at the ball, getting the football out. We've got to be great with the ball in our hands when we have it. And then they're running the football, and, and, and of course, Aaron's making a lot of plays, and you can really see their passing game coming to life, you know, both on schedule and off schedule. So uh, going to be a heck of a challenge. They're always so tough to play, you know, at Lambeau Field, and, and uh, we got to play a really good game. At 12-3, and three, the Vikings have eight fourth-quarter comebacks this season. I asked Aaron Rodgers, what's your biggest concern facing this Vikings team that seems to have a talent? playing it right down the last play of the game. Yeah, they've had an amazing record, 11-0 and against uh, in one-score games. Uh, that's the league, you know. You win those games, you're going to be playoff bound. They've done a great job of that, winning games the last second. I think they've won like six in the last uh, play of the game, something like that. Uh, so obviously, had uh, you know, play really well in crunch time. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. They definitely have shown the resiliency it takes to play in this league. And, I mean, anytime you're down 33 nothing and you find a way to come back, I think that says all that it needs to. That's Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on before we get out of here today uh, to say that uh, the Packers or uh, that maybe the Vikings uh, brain trust, so to speak, is not pointing at this game this weekend as the elimination game for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you thought, well, maybe, you know, okay, but now it's out there. It's uh, in their, uh, you know, Vikings side of things, the Vikings wire in USA Today. Vikings playing their penultimate game of the regular season Sunday at Lambeau Field with a 12-3 and record. The NFC North already wrapped up in a chance to strengthen their hold on the second seed in the conference. The first win over the Packers is the only one for the Vikings that didn't come by one score. Sunday's game going to come one day short of being in exactly a year since the Vikings visited Lambeau Field. If there's any question about the decision to replace Mike Zimmer as coach, the move became certain after the 37-10 loss to the Packers last year that ended Minnesota's playoff chances. While the Packers had clinched their third consecutive NFC North title, the Vikings had to watch Sean Mannion start a quarterback after Kirk Cousins was placed on the COVID list a couple of days before the game. In many ways, that game perfectly summarized the Vikings' miserable 7-9 season in which they tied an NFL record by playing 14 one-score games, but only won six of them. There had been a fear since training camp that Cousins' decision not to get COVID vaccination would sideline the quarterback, blah, 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 goes on and on. After the game, Zimmer was asked if he wanted to see Monday uh, play, uh, Mon play in the regular season finale against the Bears, not particularly... Uh, He said, why I see him every day goes on from there. Uh, Those difficult years are now a memory. Cousins has tied the NFL record book by leading eight, eight fourth quarter comebacks this season under O'Connell and the misery of a 2020 and 2021 season has given way to a far more upbeat coach and team and atmosphere in 2022 and a victory over the Packers that would return the favor of last season by all but ending the Packers playoff hopes 
Uh, uh, the Vikings would also lock up a sweep of Green Bay for the first time since the 2017 season would be a sweet reward. So to think that this game is not being looked at now, at least by the fan base, to say we want nothing more than to return the favor of what you did to us last year and eliminating our hopes, they want to do that. It's out there. While some of the brain trust inside the walls up there at U.S. Bank Stadium may not think so, outside, they're all thinking it. They're all thinking it. Uh, 877 You want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so before we get out of here. Uh, by the way, the uh, Odd Shark says Buffalo, the team to beat when it comes to uh, the Super Bowl. Philadelphia, number two. Kansas City, number three. San Francisco, number four. Followed by Cincinnati, Dallas, then Minnesota, the Chargers, and then the Ravens. That's where things stand right now by Odd Sharks. Buffalo, the top one. Buffalo, Philadelphia, Kansas City, which is kind of... I guess in the grand scheme of things, short of the Green Bay Packers and the way the season has has kind of gone on for them because the Packers, we were all thinking, might be one of the favorites to win it. Uh, Beyond that, the rest of that is right where we thought it would be. Pretty much. Right? Believe so. Um, Tom says, you've obviously never listened to uh, Paul Allen do a Vikings game. He can make a first down sound like a Vikings just won a Super Bowl. He is the most bombastic over-the-top NFL broadcaster out there. Uh, I, I never, I maybe have once or twice. I take that back, probably, but when I play the Packers. But I, I most of the, first of all, Thomas, most of the time on the same day I'm working. Otherwise, if it's not the same day, I'm usually sitting someplace or sitting at home listening to the game on TV, watching the game on TV, and the only time, I hear it is usually when I'm in Minneapolis in the press box. So you're right. I don't listen to it all the time. I don't get a chance to. I'll get a chance to hear some of the calls, but that's about it. But I, you know what? If it's a big play or a big moment in a game and a first down that gets you something that keeps the drive alive, that can be meaningful. Yeah, I can get that. I, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying I. it's kind of like when people get all over Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. And I will literally stop what I'm doing when I'm sitting in the press box watching a Packer game, and somebody will say something, and I'll say, okay, real quick, what did he just say? And then I'll make a note of it, that whatever play it was that just happened, okay, go back and look at and I'll listen to it. And I mean, I'll keep some of this stuff, and I'll go back and I'll say, what did he say? Oh, he said, you know, he was on Aaron Rodgers for not putting that pass out in front of such and such. And I'll be like, okay, he's exactly right. So why are you upset? Well, he's biased. No, you hate him because he's a former Cowboy. You hate him because it's a cool thing to hate. Most of the time, you know, people say, well, they pick on him rather than giving you the positive. But I'm, I, I've said to myself and I've said to many, are you kidding me? People complain all the time that the broadcasters are really all over and up the rear end of Aaron Rodgers. So it's the same thing. It's every now and then you may not agree with something they say. That's fine. But to come flat out and just start claiming bias insights, like, no, come on. Listen to what they say and not how they say it sometimes. Because are what they saying truthful or not? Yes, Ben. 
I was just going to say that Collinsworth is notorious for being up Aaron Rodgers is, you know what? Yeah, yeah. He he tends to uh, tends to like the superstars. There's no doubt about it. But he's also, I mean, I've heard him be critical too. Well, here's the guy. Yeah. Well, then there was John Madden. You know, I love John Madden because John Madden was he 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 tell you that stinks and and use those words that stinks. He was not a broadcaster. He was a coach who happened to have a microphone, which was great. (sighs) We're back at it again tomorrow. Looking forward to it. The Friday edition of the Bill Michaels Show getting you into the weekend. There's nothing better. Can't wait. Uh, Time for us to get out of here, though. Enjoy the day. I've enjoyed you. You go out and have a great day. We certainly appreciate you taking a listen to us. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Until then, time for us to go. Have a go. Hoop.